Here is a pass underneath. Watley oh. go up and he threw in a circus shot. In heavy traffic, he just gypsy doodled it up there and he has six. Seven twenty WGN. Mark Carmen, Jordan Burnfield, with you tonight till ten o'clock. I am super excited to talk to former Chicago Bull, Atlanta Hawk, Washington Bullet, Portland Trailblazer, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the LA Clippers, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Enos Watley is on the line, and he joins us now on seven twenty WGN. Also, don't forget Alabama. Straight out of the Crimson Tide, playing Michael Jordan, the Sweet 16 back in the day. Enos, thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me and everything. How are you guys doing up there? We, we're doing, doing great. Well. Uh, everyone's kind of wondering, you know, what was the reaction of everyone who played on Jordan's rookie year team when he's asked about the cocaine circus and people are saying that Michael was talking out of turn. Uh, Enos, you were, you were on that team. What, it, w- did it offend you that he was joking around and giving details of what was going on in a hotel room? Well, not not really, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I think it's great stuff because, uh, you know, this is kind of like part of my, you know, my, my life, you know, uh, uh, me overcoming, you know, drugs and alcohol. But uh, I kind of understood where he was coming from. But, uh, you know, it was, when, when, he, when he mentioned it and everything, I kind of uh, – knew you know uh what he was talking about but i actually really didn't see him in the room but i i kind of understood where he come but no he, he he didn't offend me because that's that's kind of like part of what i do now as, as a living you know so and okay so you didn't you don't remember michael walking into the room you have no recollection of that no i i, I didn't i didn't see him you know uh I'm, I'm not saying i'm pretty sure i've heard so many other stories you know uh as you know, everyone has a story, but uh, I, just down through the years, you know, I, you know, heard uh, many people say, you know, when when Michael walked into the room and all his teammates, you know, were getting high, you know. <laughs> so let me ask you then, Enos, because what when you heard the way it was described in the Last Dance, is that is I mean, the way he described it was sort of I mean, calling it the Cocaine Circus, it makes it sound like this is this completely, you know, uh, uncontrolled kind of thing going on was he accurate in the way that he described things well i, I think he had a good point you know uh you know i, I thought no he was he was pretty accurate in, in the sense of you know what was going on in, in the 80s you know it was a culture you know uh, of a lot of people i don't think we were the only one you know but uh you know there was a lot of people that you know uh kind of was using you know substance and you know uh, that was a big thing back in in the 80s and everything well, Ian, first of all, I really appreciate you sharing, and I know that it can, yes. it can be considered a, a vulnerable spot. I, I've always, well, what, I, what I've been saying, Enos, from from my perspective, look, nobody goes through their life perfect, right? And when you're a young guy and you're making NBA dollars, not that you were making back then what they're making today, but it's still pretty good money living that life. You're not all, you know, a lot of guys aren't going to make perfect decisions. So I don't think you have anything to defend, is what I'm saying. This, this, this is part of, you're on your own journey, and, and I, I, I'd be curious to hear how you were able to get yourself past that point in your life, but I, I don't think you have anything to apologize for. Well, you know, the, the thing about it, though, is, is, is part of life. It's the process of life. And like I said, uh, you know, if, if anybody, you know, probably go through their own life, you know, if, if, if you was in the 80s or 70s or, you know, just say the hippie uh, generation, you know, you was experienced. But unfortunately, you know, for, for, for me and, you know, it just played a, a huge part, you know, in, in, in my life. You know, I, I realized because of, you know, just the experience that I had with, with drugs and alcohol, you know, how when I, you know, look back on hindsight, how it affected my career. 
and even, you know, through the last dance and just, you know, being on this uh, interview, uh, you know, talking about it, you know, openly, you know, and, and, and you know, not ashamed because, uh, you know, I, I speak to so many people and help so many people, you know, around the world because it, it can happen to anybody. You know, it doesn't have a color or anything like that. I'm I'm just thankful to God to be, you know, clean 32 years now, you know. That's great. And 32 you, years. You deserve a ton of credit for that. That's incredible that you've been clean for that long and that you were able to overcome it and then you're helping others. I mean, that's you know, if if that's going to happen, that's the only thing anyone could ever ask is that you can do those things, and you're doing it, so it's great. Enos, on that point, one of the things that struck me at the beginning of the last dance when he when Michael was talking about this cocaine circus and everything was when he was drafted by the Bulls, talking mm-hmm, yeah. about how he wanted, you know, like making mention that the Bulls were kind of the, just this like circus franchise and he wanted to, to, to turn them into something respected and proud and everything. And you played in the NBA for a while. What was the perception of the Chicago Bulls before Michael got there? And how much did you see it change after he was there? See, the, the, the thing I see because this perspective, you know, and, and he's sharing his story, you know, like like I have a story. Every person that was on the Bulls, uh, uh, God bless Orlando Woods and Quinn Daly, you know, they, those were the guys and like myself, you know, were, were kind of targeted for. But I remember, uh, like like I said, Michael Jordan, not, not the MJ, even from, you know, the drafting part. I remember just even when he had got drafted, you know, if you listen to his draft thing, you know, he was not the same uh, MJ, you know, like in the last dance, you know, I, I, I don't remember that guy. You know, I remember more of a, a, a wide-eyed, you know, just joking, you know, enthusiastic guy. You know, Michael always known for jokes and everything. Uh, you know, I, that's what I remember. But, you know, it, it, it was a tough environment to answer your question. You know, when you come in, you know, and, 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 and coming under those conditions, I always look back hindsight saying, if, you know, coming in at 19 or 20 years old, if I could have came in up under different conditions, that even my career, you know, would have would have been so much better. But but I didn't, you know, uh, there was a decision that uh, I made. And, and by making those decisions, you know, it, like I said, uh, in a, a lot of other interviews, I forfeited a lot of things. Uh, you were calling out the uh, amount of teams that, you know, uh, I played for. I literally played for like close to 10 teams in the league. And the difference between, you know, being a Hall of Famer, because, you know, I was pretty ranked pretty high myself, or either being a journeyman, you know, it's, it's different from that decision. Yeah, and still, and I and I get it that uh, you you believe you could have had a greater impact on the league, but to hang around as long as you did, and I know you had years in the middle of it where you weren't playing, it, it's still impressive, Venus. You, sh- you should be proud of yourself, and I, I get the desire to have done more. Were you, I, I looking back on like 85-86, your third year in the league, uh, you, you only played 14 games total. Was, was that when you were trying to get yourself clean? Is that why you were missing so much time? Well, actually, uh, when I when 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 Krauss them traded me to Cleveland, I ended up going to San Antonio and the Washington Bullets beforehand, and um, I, I actually had a, a knee injury. You know, in in in, in the process, I had tendonitis real bad. So when I only played 14 games, I was kind of like getting 10 day trials. You know, at at the time and everything, and that that's that's the reason why you've seen only 14 games after uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers had, you know, uh, released me. I, I, you know, that's I only played 14 games that year. And then I came back and resurfaced with the Washington Bullets, you know, uh, that, that following year. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to circle back to uh, you brought up Quentin Daly and Orlando Warridge, sure. who uh, yeah. are, are, are no longer with us. But it's, yeah. you know, it 
I, I've been a, I was born in in 1973, and a, like my family was huge into basketball. That was we, yeah. you know, it was the Jerry Sloan Bulls. Uh, rest in peace to Jerry as well. Yeah, right. And, yeah, for sure. And so Quinton was my favorite player before yeah. Michael came along. Sure. And it was always you were always scared that he was going to get suspended again because that was you know he would be he'd be playing and then and then eventually a, a drug test would come along and and he'd he'd have to sit out for a period of time. But he was so talented and a tremendous offensive player. Could get a shot off on anyone. I'm just curious, like, what what do you remember about Q? Well, well Q was really a good uh, good friend of mine. You know, a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, shunned him a little a bit, you know, because of that. But you know, we were we were we were okay friends. You know, uh, you know, from being in the backcourt together. You know, I, I currently hold a assist record even as we speak in Chicago, and, and he wanted the very reason uh, because uh, man, Q could flat out fill it up. And I think with with him and myself, even Orlando Woods, if I may just speak openly a little bit, I know, you know, God bless their soul and everything. I believe that, you know, under different circumstances that, you know, we all probably could have been much greater player. But I, I think if, you know, if, if that cloud was not over Quindelli at the time, man, uh, Quindelli was a tough, was a very uh, a tough two guard that could play with, with anybody. And I think one of the best pull up jump shooters, you know, to play the game, you know. Did the organization know what was going on? Uh, I, I, I'm not totally sure, but I kind of uh, sensed it. Like I always share this story, uh, you know, when I talk to my other former uh, college coach, Wim Sanderson, I was saying that, uh, you know, after my first year playing with Mike, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of funny and ironic that I see the last dance come on and, 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 and just how, you know, uh, everyone kind of like, you know, you ever seen the movie The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and you see all these different type type stories and everything, but the dysfunctional part, uh, I had had a – Roy Thornton drafted me, but uh, I had had a, a meeting with, with, with Krauss and, and uh, Ryan Thorpe right before, you know, after we had finished the season. And, uh, you know, they, they uh, told me, they said, Enos, you know, you're a good guy. We, you know, we're looking forward, you know, uh, for you and Mike being in the backcourt together, you know. And, uh, you know, I, so I said to myself, I said, I, you know, I'm going to go home and get in better shape and come back and have a great year. So as I was going home, you know, I it was traveling back to my hometown, Alabama. I ended up getting stopped by the police, and I didn't have my license on me at the time. And and when the, when uh, the police came back in, you know, just to say, you know, my name and everything, he said, you Enos Walton? I said, yes. Uh, he said, oh, by the way, you've been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I said, I said oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I, said, I said, I just talked to the gym, and they told me, you know what I'm saying, they liked me, and it was, you know, uh, I was looking forward to coming back next year. Man, it was just crazy. So I wouldn't, I'm not shocked and and surprised, you know, even when the last dance with all the, you know, just, you know, crazy things being said, but uh, that's the business and the nature of, of, of the game of basketball. Hey, Enos, can you hang on for two minutes here? Yeah. We'd love, love to continue the conversation with you if that's okay. Sure, that's fine. All right, let me take a quick time out here. We'll continue with Enos Watley, formerly of the Chicago Bulls, on 720 WGN. Uh, Enos Watley with us here on 720 WGN. I'm going to let Jordan Burnfield ask this question, Enos, but I have the same question. Go ahead, Jordan. Well, Enos, I want you know you were talking about the, the difference between Michael Jordan and MJ, and I'm just curious sure. when sure. you when you kind of knew <laughs> yeah. that he was MJ, right? Like at what point in his rookie season were you like, oh my god, this guy's incredible? Yeah, I uh, I I, uh, I had talked with Mike. I had I have not talked with Mike since uh, we kind of played together in Chicago. Uh, 
I remember Michael Jordan. Now, the MJ part is, is, is like what I've seen in the documentary and all those things like that. I don't know. I, you know, it's a different guy <laughs> right there, you know, when they you know start winning championships and, and all those things. Because I, I remember uh, Mike and I have so much history uh, together. We are. Uh, we we was on the uh, we we come out of the class of eighty one um, out of high school which was considered some considered the best class uh, seventy nine and eighty one and um, we was on the McDonald's All American team we was on the Playboy All American team and even when he got drafted you know he he mentioned my name if you look back over that tape and you 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 could see even in his voice you know he was he was speaking from a different like like perspective and everything but I noticed you know in the, in the last dance that's why I say the good the bad and the ugly you know as you know, I, I was really the first point guard that played with Mike, so I, I don't think at the time none of us knew who was going to rise to the cream of the crop at the time. Because I remember him being this just this 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 wiry, just always a jokester, always kind of like you know uh, you know crack jokes and everything, but just r- driven and just incredible uh, focus and, and level, and just trying to be the best player you know he can be. But you know, to to, to answer your question, uh, to me. Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, when he's come out just a country boy from North Carolina, you know, and just, you know what I'm saying, trying to uh, make the best of his career, which, he, he you know, he, he did. But the MJ part, you know, it's, it's been interesting to me watching it like everybody else to see some of the things that transpired. I, I played one year with him and was traded, you know, to, to Cleveland, you know, and, and I heard a lot of different stories, you know, from the different teammates, you know, how many point guards he needed, you know, and all those things, you know, as he played the game. So... I, I got a brother who's 15 years older than me, Enos, and he was uh-huh. at your second season, Jordan's rookie year, the third sure. game of the year against Milwaukee. And the Bucks were sure. they were a great team, Terry Cummings mm-hmm. and Sidney Moncrief sure. and all these guys. And uh, I think it was the fourth quarter and you were down. And the way he describes sure. it is that everybody's attitude on the team, it kind of looked like you were going to lose. And then this 23 character just went bananas, scored 37, and you, and you ended up winning the ball game. Do you remember that game? I, I definitely remember a game. I, I remember, you know, like uh, for sure, you know, I got a memory like an elephant, you know, in, 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 when it comes to back, you know, uh, playing. But I, I don't, like I said, from his perspective, you know, I guess Mike always kind of had that type of uh, uh, driven part about him that, you know what I'm saying, he just had that, that next level uh, uh, like that. But I, I, I don't think really no one knew at the time, you know, because uh, – or just the uncertainty or like and, and just do history, you know, the Bulls, you know, was not playing well at that time and, and, you know, was known for, you know, just losing at that time. I believe, you know, him coming from North Carolina and probably coming into him, that's probably the way, you know, he felt. And a lot of times just trying to figure things out. But uh, I can't say on his behalf, you know, he was an extraordinary player that that uh, I hadn't seen anything like it, the levels that he played at and, and just – you say about the Milwaukee game, just seeing that MJ come out is incredible because we, everyone was kind of like sitting back saying, like, who is this, you know, this guy, even though I had played with him, to see the MJ part come out, man, is in, in, incredible, man. That's why, you know, I, I don't think it's anyone else even in in, in the rim or that area, you know. So you've you've been able to go down memory lane talking with us yeah. and doing these different interviews that you said you've done, and I'm just curious yeah. as a guy that, you know, knew him from sure. the the country boy in Wilmington, North Carolina, to rookie year. You're on, you know, you're you're playing with him, and then sure. you were part of this. So, like, when you watch the Last Dance, what was it like for you as somebody that was a part of this story? 
that, you know, like were you texting with all kinds of friends and talking to people about the old days and, and things of that nature? I'm just curious, as somebody who, who played a, a part in the story, what it was like for you to watch The Last Dance. It, it's incredible because I've gotten so many calls and just texts, man, because if, if you go back to high school, man, I, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I had a, a fantastic uh, uh, career ahead of me, you know, just from being, you know, the number one ranked guard and coming out in, in college and everything. But, to, you know, just to just to go back on, on, on that part, man, it's, it's it, it just that it's been crazy, you know, because of the fact that, you know, you, you, you hear all these, these, these different things and, and what you went through. I know, like, B.J. Armstrong, uh, I think Sam Benson, man, like maybe five or six or seven other point guards came behind me. So I think the figuring out part was it wasn't just, just me. A lot of people said, well, he didn't have any firepower with him and, 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 and all those things. But I was just saying it took a whole lot of, other people to come along, Phil Jackson to come along, you know, the right player to come along. I think Michael Jordan even maturing itself, you know, from my perspective, you know, because, you know, he could score points all the time, but making other people better, you know, and just, just a whole lot of other things, you know, uh, that, 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 that kind of sticks out in my mind in the last dance, but even just the kind of the way he went about, you know, just talking to the players and different things, he never act. I, I didn't know that Michael Jordan called the Michael Jordan, we knew was 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 not like that. The, the the MJ that I seen in the last dance, I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm blown away myself, you know. One of those guards was Craig Hodges, yeah. and and I, and I talked to Hodges recently. He was on my yeah. uh, the Windy City podcast, and mm-hmm. he was livid at Michael for talking about Horace Grant giving stuff to Sam Smith, and he was livid about him saying the cocaine bulls. He thought that was completely off. As far as uh, breaking code, did you think that 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 Jordan had broken a player's code the way he talked openly? I just think that a lot of people say, "Well, what are you doing down there in the room?" You know, like what he doing down there? You know, just people saying, "Normally, when you're in your hotel room, everybody go to their room," you know, and you close your door, and you know, because no one kind of go to anybody else's room. Whatever they do, that's their on the road thing, or that's what they're doing. I was just saying on on his behalf when he said that he came into the room and seen that, and he chose not to go in the room. At, at the time, I, I just said from my perspective, I talked to young kids all around the world about if I had to do it over again in hindsight, you know, I would stay away from the drugs and alcohol because it made me forfeit. You know, uh, I believe, you know, the the, the, the top part of, of my career, you know, because I, I was great up to that point. But when I got to that point, I forfeit, I believe, a lot of opportunity. But as far as him being out of line, uh, you know, it's stories. Uh, it's a documentary. So, you know, everybody has a story. From his perspective, I guess that's what he's seen. Uh, from from my perspective, I never seen him in the room. And, and, and I, I never uh, knew who talked or who, who what. But I, I just, for myself, I could speak on my own behalf. I'm 32 years clean now. And, and, and uh just say that uh, I, I, I was guilty, you know. So <laughs> that's that's the only thing I, you know, I can say. <laughs> I, I was guilty, so I can't say anything much about that part, you know. I I, I never seen him in, in in the room, you know. So yeah. that just I guess that's his perspective of it. You know? a, a for honesty and, and a for getting cleanliness. And uh, if a uh, as as we uh, get on out of here, who who are you working with now? How do you how are you uh, been able to give your message and help young guys? Yeah, I, I, I speak around the world, you know, as uh, I became a born-again uh, believer. I'm not just, a lot of people say they go to this after doing it, but uh, actually when uh, my mom passed away at 87 and, and, and my dad two months after she did, I, you know, I, I just, you know, decided, you know, to to change my life. But my mom always a praying woman, and I decided to come on on the other side and just 
go around, you know, and, and speak about, you know, just, you know, preventing drugs and alcohol and just going around and telling people about, about the decision and, and the choice that, you know, that you're making and everything. So uh, I basically go around, got married to a beautiful woman and, and, and with my wife, got two sons, uh, Marcus, uh, 32, and Enos Jr., 30. And I'm getting ready to be a grand, grandfather in about uh-huh. two weeks. That's great. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm very excited, man. I, I can't thank you know, enough, man. I, I love Chicago, love playing there. I wish it could have went better, but it didn't. That's the part of life. But, uh, you know, just, just happy. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Michael Jordan. Really, I am. You know, just in, in, in I, I think he's grown a lot in just what he was able to do as a person. And, you know, as a black man, you know, I'm just, you know, just happy to even be connected and involved with it, you know. Do you remember? I, I, I'm not going to sleep tonight if I don't ask you this one. What do you remember about the '92 Finals? You were on that Portland yeah, team. Yeah. I, you're you're in the stadium. You're watching six three pointers. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Sure. You know the crazy part about that is that I, I always say I think if I would have, they say I went one pick before Clyde Drexler. I went 13. Clyde Drexler went 14. I, I would have switched spots with Clyde Drexler any day to where Chicago. Uh, if, if Clyde Drexler would have came to Chicago, and I would have went to Portland because the environment in, in Portland was a was a healthy environment that was unbelievable with Buck Williams and and, and Jerome Kersey, uh bless his soul. Uh, 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 Cliff Robinson, man, and Danny Ames, and all those guys, man. If I could have come up on the uh, matured in two just like that, I seen how just I, I, you know, hindsight that my career probably could have been better. But it was a great team, a great organization. I think Portland one of the uh, best organization I ever played for and everything. But it was it was interesting. Uh, like like uh, I had mixed emotions coming back. You know, wanting in your mind if you could have been on, on on that team if you was clean and, and just having the opportunity to play for NBA championship. It's, 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 a, it's a lifetime dream. It really is. Yeah. Enos, thanks so much. We really appreciate the time. Continued success to you, my friend. Yeah, that was, this was a real pleasure. Thanks. Thank you very much. And Ken, if I can just say, I always say this at the course, you know, to everyone that's been affected by, you know, the pandemic and everything, that uh, please stay safe. Uh, you know, uh, good news is, is coming. Fortunately, we'll, we'll be out of it pretty soon. And, and also, too, if I can just give my condolence for uh, Jerry Sloan, you know, former Bull players, man, uh, to him and his family and everything. You know, God bless his soul and everything. All right? Appreciate that, Enos. Stay, Appreciate safe. It, Stay safe. Okay. Enos Watley, the former Chicago Bull, who might have been yelled at by Kathy Harrison from her first row seats <laughs> in Indiana. We're going to talk to Kathy next, 720 WGN.